Welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster. I am one of your hosts, Dave, and I'm joined this week by Cameron. Matt is not here. But he'll be uh, back next week, so that's okay. <laughs> uh, how's it going, Cameron? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Uh, like we were chatting about beforehand, it's been humid today, which has been awful. But that's alright, because, you know, it's been a good week. Uh, Monster Hunter's been out, which we'll be talking about some other time very soon. But it's been good. <laughs> Yourself? Uh, about the same. It's just the opposite. It's <laughs> a little bit chilly uh, here. And, uh, yeah, it's been a week filled with hunting monsters. Uh, as you do. <laughs> as you do. <laughs> oh, man. It's so good. I, I want to end this end this vampire run right now and go straight into that, but I'm going to wait a week. <laughs> yes, yeah, so at least a week. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be right back with it um, super quick. Yeah. Once, oh, once yeah. Matt's around for all you listeners. Um, mm. Yeah, so that's advance notice. <laughs> we'll be covering Monster Hunter World really quickly. Yeah. Uh, and while we while know it's still you're uh, playing fresh. It. Yeah. We, we know you're all playing, so you have to give us feedback. <laughs> yeah, or, or we'll come join us on the show. Um, also that. I'll, yeah. I'll send out an open invite, I guess. And first, yeah. first come, first served. Maybe a, a guest or two. See how many people we can get in one show. Yeah, it's like 10 people. The whole community. That's right. <laughs> Into one little recording booth. Uh, it's a tight squeeze normally anyway. But Yeah, it would, it would be it would, it would be ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess that, that brings us to what we will be covering today is uh, we're returning for the f- fourth time. Fourth. I don't know. I'm third not sure. Fourth? Third or fourth. I can't remember anymore. We'll to, it was like a year ago. Um, vampires. Check the records. <laughs> we have to, yes. Consult the sacred text. <laughs> the sacred, the sacred <laughs> the podcast sa- text. The sacred text. <laughs> oh, it's burning. <laughs> oh, man, I wonder if we can get Mark Hamill on sometime. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> we got that kind of pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so vampires, uh, but before mm. that, uh, as always, um, it's quite necessary to look at um, some yokai. Mm. It's that segment, uh, the one pioneered by the man who's not shown up for a little bit. Wait, no, he was here last week. He was he? here last week. He was here last week. He who, who intermittently shows up. It's time for yokai of the week. Da-da-da. This is what day. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> we rehearse this you know just so you know guys Very oh professional. yeah yeah um yeah th- th- this week's category is the letter z for everyone who is not me uh the letter z for for australians the letter z for a lot of the rest of the world i'm not sure about the exact distribution uh it's z for zora magdaros is totally a yokai uh <laughs> aren't we all Yokai yeah, in our hearts. We're all, we're all yokai at heart. <laughs> but he's a little bit closer <laughs> to the one than we are. Young at heart, yokai at heart. Mm-hmm. You know. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, I guess, oh god, it's up to me again. This feels really weird. Uh, Dave, uh, would you would you please roll them? <laughs> <Are you> sure. <laughs> 
two. What are we looking at? Two. Two. Ooh. Zenyo Ryo. This is close to the Zaramaguros. Yeah, it's kind of like the slight opposite, I guess. Yeah, it's the opposite. The opposite element. Yeah, it's just the rain god dragon. Let's see. According to Japanese Buddhist tradition, the priest Kukai made Zenyo Ryo appear in 824 during a famous rainmaking contest at the Kyoto Imperial Palace. Like a documented one, properly. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, go into the second paragraph of the name. I think that's useful. Second paragraph of the name. There we go. Zenyo is a common theme in Japanese art, usually depicted as a small dragon, but sometimes as a human, either male or female, with a dragon's tail. Oh. Uh, Pr- Priscilla? <laughs> <laughs> is this you? <laughs> um, apparently these female ex- ex- representations... Oh, can't talk, apparently. The female representations can apparently explain um, variant characters in the way it's written. Uh, it's sometimes written uh, with either the one for woman, female, or the one for like, as if, be like, thus... Uh, slightly different mouth sounds, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's well, got a few different depictions. Yeah, and then um, that mm. the variant character, the the original one that they're thinking it's Good probably is supposed to represent, was off of a Sanskrit um, nyorai. Ah. Um, oh, okay. That makes more sense. <sighs> The origin of words is always <laughs> always a little confusing, uh, even in English. So, uh, let's see. Hmm. Some legends give the name of Zenyo as Zentatsu, goodness penetration. <laughs> um. Okay. That, that, that lived in the Yuketsu, the dragon hole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Apparently. Yep. Sounds good. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, the oldest historical record is 937 CE uh, uh, so that's the record the name of the record mm, um, yeah. it states that in 778 CE uh, five Buddhist monks went to the mountain and ceremoniously no, ceremonially prayed for the health of future Emperor Kanmu um uh, a dragon king who had been residing at the site vowed to protect... Okay, the, so the site they were at, um, mm, there was a dragon. Yeah. The dragon king was there residing um, and vowed to protect the country and in particular that temple complex where I guess he was being worshipped. Um, mm. The For this gesture, the dragon king was honored with a courtly rank. So I guess the king part of it um, yeah. was commonly... As was commonly offered to deities. So that's, that's like the Ryu O, the O part. Yeah, the, yeah, the king you know. dragon. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. Uh, it's already recognized as a deity, but you go, oh, you've done something for us. You're also like special now. You you're get a yeah, title. extra. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you're not just any old dragon anymore. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, the dragon cave on Mount Muro is the dwelling place of the dragon king Zentatsu. 
This dragon king previously lived in Sarusawa Pond. Long ago, when a palace lady drowned in the pond, the dragon king fled to Mount Kozen, uh, where he lived until the corpse of a low-ranking person was thrown into this pond. Then the dragon king again fled to reside in a cave on Mount Muro, where the Buddhist prelate Kengyo was practicing religious austerities. <laughs> he says he doesn't okay. like dead bodies. I guess. Well, it's it's that idea of pollution um, in yeah, Buddhism, yeah. so they can't the spirits can't be there um, if it's been polluted. Mm. Okay, yeah, interesting. Da, da, da. The next part's yeah. okay. Um, so yeah, you read uh, a priest Nitai um, entered the dragon cave and went about three or four cho in the darkness. Um, I don't remember so exactly what that translates. Distance. Yeah, I just don't know yeah. the, the meters equivalent. Um, mm. uh, he arrived at a palace under. So it's probably not meters. It's probably longer than that. Um, he arrived yeah. <laughs> at a palace under a blue sky. Uh, to the south, he saw a bright light through a jeweled window screen. When the sun fluttered in the when the screen <laughs> when the screen <laughs> fluttered in the wind, he saw a section of the Lotus Sutra resting upon a jeweled table. Then he heard a voice asking him who he was and where he came from. Nitai answered that he wished to see the form of the Dragon King and announced his name. The Dragon King answered, You will not be able to see me in this place. Leave this cave and go about three cho from the entrance. Nitai left the cave and at the agreed-upon place he saw the Dragon King, dressed in a robe and crown, rise out of the ground and then vanish. So just like a hmm. apparition. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nitai built a shrine uh, to the Dragon King on that spot, which still exists. When rain hmm. prayers are offered and sutras are read at the shrine, so I'm imagining sutras from the Lotus Sutra, um, yeah. a black cloud forms over the cave and spreads to the sky, and thus, or I guess I'm interjecting, and rain falls. Um, hmm. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, he's just, uh, he's just your local friendly weather dragon. Hanging out. Yeah. Um, Answering prayers. Let's see. Yeah, and then there's a, a small note um, talking about the incongruence of a Buddhist priest um, establishing a Shinto shrine. <laughs> Suggest that Buddhist <laughs> authors uh, embellished an ancient Shinto tradition of dragon worship at Mount Muro and created this legend about a Naga dragon king and the Lotus Sutra. So their, mm. the, the, the Buddhism as it was being brought um, into... I don't know if it was Nietzsche or in Buddhism, mm. but when it was being brought into Japan, it took the indigenous um, religion and legends and um, ad- adapted itself to fit them, mm. uh, which made it yeah. more palatable to the, uh, the the people. Yeah, yeah. This next little story is interesting as well. So this is uh, a story about a priest. Uh, so the Buddhist priest, Kayen, Kayen, lived for a thousand days as a hermit near the Dragon Hall on Mount Murobu. On his way from there to another place, he crossed a bridge over a river, when suddenly a lady, noble-looking and beautifully dressed, came and, without showing her face, politely asked him for the mudra, so the hand shapes, I believe? Yeah. The mystic finger charms, uh, used to become at once a Buddha. At his question as to who she was, she answered, I am the dragon, Zenyo. Then he taught her the mudra, whereupon she said, This is exactly the same mudra as that of the seven former Buddhas. And when the priest requested her to show him her face, she replied, My shape is so terrible that no man can look upon it, yet I cannot refuse your wish. Thereupon she rose into the air and stretched out the little finger of her right hand. It proved to be a claw, more than ten shaku long, which spread a five-colored light. Then she vanished at once. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. Cool. <laughs> yeah. 
Let's see. Uh, oh, that's a long claw. Um, a shaku is the length of a human hand from the tip of the thumb to the tip of the forefinger. So, ten of those for the length of a single claw. <laughs> and that was her little, her little, uh, that was her little pinky, finger, yeah. her pinky finger claw. The other ones are probably much larger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, there's also the actual shrine at Shinsen-en. Uh, which is the best-known appearance during the 824 CE Buddhist rainmaking competition. Kukai, or Kobodaishi, and his rival priest Shubin held a rain sutra recitation? I can't pronounce things tonight, apparently. Contest. The author describes the Mahameka Sutra, uh, Japanese Daiunkyo, Great Cloud Sutra, or Daiunseukyo, the Great Cloud Praying for Rain Sutra, as the most important of the sutras recited by the Northern Buddhists for causing rain in times of drought. Uh, there's not actually a description of the competition, apparently. Oh, I don't think so. There's, there's a lot of actual text in this entry. This is a rare find for Yokai of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's one, yeah, we'll just, we'll kind of maybe close out with this next part. Um, mm. some versions of this Kukai story record Zenyo coming from Mount Muro and others from Lake Anavarapta, uh, which is the center of the world in Buddhist cosmology. Anavarapta <laughs> was also the name of a Naga, um, king, uh, Nagaraja. Um, which literally is mm. Dragon King, um, who lived yeah. in this namesake lake. According to Mahayana tradition, um, <sighs> Anavarapta was one of the Hachiryo, uh, the eight dragon kings, that first um, heard the Buddhists preach the Lotus Sutra. So the Lotus mm. Sutra is associated with these dragon kings, um, apparently. Okay, yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Uh, so I believe that that has been... Yokai of the week. Yes, this is <laughs> Yokai of the twenty minutes. <laughs> we, we go into more detail some weeks than others. Well, there was a, there's this thing just keeps going. <laughs> there's yeah. way more, and oh, yeah. um, that that is on us for <laughs> being for just basically reading y'all some Wikipedia articles. But right. um, we've we've contextualized Education. it and yeah. distilled it down to its finer points. So. Mm. Um, but yeah, go ahead and read the article. It's, it's pretty interesting. Mm, there's lots of good stuff. Awesome. Well, moving on from dragons. Into vampires. <laughs> yeah. It's not a great segue. No, there's no there's no segue. Sorry. Matt is no. better at that. He um, really is. <laughs> this, this shows... Uh, <laughs> sometimes this shows our... Uh, shortcomings and strengths when we're missing a person yeah look we're a team you know we all work together to hold up the gaps it's far, it's far better as a as a trio than <laughs> oh yeah it's our, it's also... our constituent parts oh yeah yeah definitely oh well um but yeah so uh similar to the sort of way we've been doing things the last few weeks uh we've both gotten into some different media about vampires Although I'm pretty sure we both just went straight to films because that's it's quickest, <laughs> the quickest. You know, cuts less into Monster Hunter time. Yeah, that's right. We were we were <laughs> busy elsewhere, but that doesn't mean mm. our um, 
efforts were no less oh, no. Um, noble. No. <laughs> exactly. My, my eyes were on that screen for at least 50% of the movies. <laughs> I was doing some cooking for the second film, to be fair. Uh, but uh, anyway, I watched uh, the first two Underworld films, uh, Underworld and Underworld Evolution. Um, I've also watched the other films previously, but I just didn't rewatch them for this. And Dave, what did you watch? I began um, the five films that comprise the subspecies um, anthology of... Do you call it an anthology? I don't know. Um, I guess you do. Anthology <laughs> of films. We'll go with that. Um, so yeah. I watched the first three of the five. Um, and if if the fourth and well, I know the fourth isn't, but if the fifth film um, is similar to the first three, uh, mm-hmm. what they do, or I guess yeah, the fifth one, um, it's one story, and each yeah. film ends. It's not. It's sort of a cliffhanger, and then the next film literally just restates what happened at the end of the last one. So it's just one long movie. Um, yeah, yeah. But they were filmed over a period of years, um, from uh, 1991 uh, through 1998. Um, and that being the case, some of the cast um, does change through the <laughs> the course of the uh, <laughs> yeah. of the films. But thankfully, our uh, our it's not even the protagonist, but our our main villain um, is the same mm. uh, for all the films, oh. save the one that's... that's sort of a spin-off film. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, shall we talk about that first then? Seeing as we're already on it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and invite me. I've not heard of nor seen anything from these films, so I'm really interested. Oh, um, what's going on? Yeah, that's definitely want to check them out. Then, um, basically, these. <laughs> These films, uh, since they were filmed when they were, um, and, and the director, well, I guess it's not really the director, it's sort of the screenwriter, um, mm. he set this stuff up and wanted to not have any, like, CG. So it's all practical effects, uh, which is really great, and that, that helps these movies not utterly feel like they're from 1991 <laughs> um, and, and onwards. Um, yeah, they're, they're something. There's something else. They're super... Uh, I guess it's not just violence. They, they, there's a lot of mm. um, unnecessary like nudity like it doesn't yeah. <laughs> serve to yeah. further the plot or do any like they're literally just <laughs> why did you take your clothes off there it's not necessary <laughs> don't need five shower scenes um it's a, it's a no. product of the time and these are um mm. uh also they were direct to video films so they didn't, they didn't uh, ever okay. have a theatrical release they're they're meant for a specific kind of a cult classic grindhouse <laughs> sort of feel yeah um yeah but the basic overall um plot structure is uh there's a a college student and her i guess they're all college students so there's three college students that um head to romania and they're specifically uh this was cool they're actually um students of folklore and mythology and they're there literally to study vampires Mm. um and so they 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 track down um this 
locale that has like been historically represented as uh, the the home of this vampire king. It's not um, it's not like Vlad Dracul. It's uh, uh, King Vladislas. So it's still using the mm-hmm. uh, Vlad Vladimir. Um, yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, the the legend that they this is it's kind of weird they the film series delivers its exposition throughout the films so it doesn't like front load it you're kind of given snippets here and then you hear stuff later and, and you're wondering why didn't they tell us that like in the beginning because these mm. as students they probably should have been familiar with the legends of the place they're going to like study I don't know <laughs> it's, they're, they're they're there for like their I think they were going after their their master's degrees or something. I didn't. I don't remember. It's it's post uh, postgraduate studies. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that they should have had some level of research done before they went there. Um, uh, yeah, and inexplicably, they have like no knowledge of vampire lore, but they're there to study vampires. I don't. Yeah, it was <laughs> <laughs> some stuff. It feels like they just kind of like tossed it in. Um, mm-hmm. as, as the, the films progress, but um, our our opening film introduces us to um, King Vladislas um, as he is actually existing and living in this uh, supposedly abandoned ancestral home. Um, he he's been alive for a few hundred years, uh, and or I guess undead, undead for a few hundred years. Um, <laughs> It doesn't state in the film, but I think he moves around. I don't think he's just been staying here yeah. the whole time. Um, people would know he was there. All of the locals, <laughs> of course, like you know, don't go up into the ruins. Don't go disturb the vampires because to the to don't the locals, the yeah. Well, there's a there's a good reason they have is that um, oh, yeah. King Vladislas was a. It's not really a folk hero, but what he what he did in his in his mm. like legend was he was cursed by a witch to become a vampire. Yeah. So that's how he gained yeah. his vampiric immortality. Um, and there were other vampires at the time um, uh, terrorizing like the countryside, and yeah. he found a saintly relic the bloodstone and uh, what the bloodstone does it's a crystal um, in a weird claw like mount like a housing and yeah. it contains or it it contains the blood of saints but it like produces it it's weird okay yeah like you don't squeeze yeah. it it just it just continually drips the blood of saints um, and for a vampire <laughs> you only need like one drop of that and you don't need to um, it increases your like vampiric powers but it also eliminates the need for you having to go feed on people mm-hmm. because you just have this stone that just acts oh, as like a you know blood. yeah it's like a yeah. you know source of blood um and it's saintly blood so it's like the best you can get um Ooh, vintage <laughs> yes <laughs> and uh so what he did is because he had that stone um he uh sort of took control um with that power that he gained over the vampires and kept them sort mm. of away from humans. Yeah, so he's, yeah. he's sort of like a good guy, but a vampire. Um, yeah, yeah. 
and the, the the villagers are like, don't go there because you'll bother him, and then that'll disrupt the. They have, they have like a, a sort of a ceasefire, like a truce going on, yeah, where he's like, yeah. you know, don't come bug me, and I won't bother you. <laughs> uh, don't go up to the spooky castle. Don't bother the vampire lord. <laughs> yeah, but, oh, but they, literally, that's what they're like, you know, telling the, the kids. And what um, what's fun is this uh, the series of films is filmed on location they're actually in Romania mm. um, yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm imagining like all of the extras and all the like most of the cast that is Romanian are they're actually Romanian actors and, mm. and people um, so that, that becomes interesting because our, our leads are uh, American and like they run into a lot of language barriers uh, and since there's the whole thing of it being in the 90s, there's no cell phones, and the phones oh, yeah, in like, rural uh, <laughs> Romania aren't like the best. You have to go through an operator and everything. Um, so there's mm. a lot of a lot of that going on, which uh, you know, of course, gets a lot of people killed <laughs> because they don't have you know yeah. a, a better form of communication or a means to do so. And it's and it mm. works for the film as well. Um, so our 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 plucky, they're not teenagers, but our <laughs> plucky young ladies uh, go to the castle um, mm. with a, a guide, and uh, they, of course, um, don't run into <laughs> the vampire king. Um, our, our, we're treated in our prologue to um, a, a scene with the vampire king, uh, Vladislas, who is portrayed by um, Angus Scrim of... Um, um, Phantasm fame. Uh, he's the mm. tall man in those that film series. So he's a, a, a notable yeah. character actor. Um, and he, yeah, he. Let me see. Well, this was ninety, ninety one. So it predates Dracula film. Mm. Um, but he's dressed in that same powdered wig and like extra ma- cheek makeup. It's totally like. Yeah. Not it's like period <laughs> makeup and stuff, <laughs> so it's not modern. He's just chilling yeah, in his yeah. like ridiculous um, <laughs> getup, uh, and his his I wouldn't say a strange his son his son shows up, and that's where we're introduced to Radu, who will be our main villain for uh, the entire series. And this is probably like my favorite depiction of a vampire in at least modern cinema. Um, they took a lot of nods from um, Nosferatu. Uh, and, and then again, uh, also the remake, that I think it was in the late 60s. Um, and so he's super like pale, has mm-hmm. two, it's, it's like his, uh, it's his incisors, but they're like, you know, extremely long. Mm. Uh, to the point where I Those think he has bangs. probably trouble closing his mouth or has to speak a certain way because <laughs> they, the, the prosthetics in his mouth are like yeah. the size of your mouth. Blocking his, yeah, okay. yeah. So and, very um, big teeth. Very big teeth. <laughs> uh, long, like stringy black hair. Um, and he has mm. uh, kind of like prosthetics on his like on his face as well. So it's, uh, it's not quite... Um, if you ever watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, mm. the, the TV series, they when the vampires show their true vampire form, they have like 
ugly, like ugly faces. <laughs> I don't know. It just <laughs> yeah. shifts. Um, it's kind of like that. Maybe not quite as grotesque, but it's like just as permanent. Like that's just what he looks like. Um, okay. He wants the bloodstone. His father's just keeping on to it, you know, for safekeeping because it, it increases your power. And as a quote unquote evil vampire um <laughs> radu would be like the person you don't want to have the bloodstone and he just kills his father <laughs> he just Ooh. just murders him and takes the bloodstone and that kind of kicks off our uh wrong vampire in the castle <laughs> when the uh, uh okay. when, the, when the girls yeah. show up the trilogy itself what happens is one of the one of the students um michelle morgan um she ends up well, basically surviving the encounter uh, with Radu, mm. sort of. Um, she becomes his fledgling, so that's a servant vampire. I don't know what you want to call it. It's uh, a yeah. <laughs> subordinate. He he turned her into a vampire, <laughs> but it, it's really weird because, like, or a thrall, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of strange because the other two students, um, Mara and Lillian, were also enthralled, but they immediately were, like, evil Okay. Like they're, yeah. they they were trying to like get her to join them, and when she becomes a vampire, uh, what, what I think happens is there's two brothers. There's Radu and there's Stefan. Um, Radu mm. is the son of King Vladislas and the witch that turned the king into a vampire. Yeah. And then Stefan is the son of like a local, regular human woman and the king. Like the one he actually loved, so the yeah. half the half human son is the good guy, um, mm. in in the first film. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, he doesn't he doesn't make it. <laughs> None, uh, well. th- th- these movies don't play favorites except for I think with Michelle. So everyone pretty much dies in every single film. Yeah. Um, and then we yeah. have our leading leading lady um, continuing on to the films as she becomes a vampire. Part of her arc, her character arc, I guess, is to like learn how to control or how to use her vampire vampiric powers, and mm. through those like moments of it's like little training, like literally like little montages, <laughs> and you know she gets better at you know using it. But the the great part is, mm. is she the whole time like hates Radu. She doesn't like that. You yeah, know, what she was happened to her. She wants people to kill her to put her out of her misery. So every time she's learning these powers, you can tell that she's like asking for it the power so she can kill Radu with it. Yeah. And another great trope, I guess, that the series forms is Radu is essentially killed at the end of every movie, but then just, like, gets better. <laughs> like, he gets better and comes back, so he's super immortal. And this is, um, I'm imagining this is in uh, Thanks to the Bloodstone, because he's licking that thing like a lollipop, <laughs> like, the whole time. It's it's really funny. I mean, it's not supposed to be, but it's... It's just yeah. the way it's done. Yeah. <laughs> so as far as his vampiric traits, he is, um, or I guess vampires in this series, um, are affected by the sun badly. Like, they'll just burst into flames if they're exposed too long. Mm-hmm. And other- otherwise, even just the rising of the sun, just that time of day, causes them pain, and they have to retreat into, like, a crypt or something mm. to-, to be out of the sunlight. They are, oddly enough, like, affected by silver bullets but I think okay. in this case it was because the silver was melted down from a crucifix uh, which may have something mm. to do with it because they uh, they also cannot enter consecrated ground unless invited that's yeah. just 
far as I'm aware. So they have to be invited into like a church, and they can go in then. Um, yeah. Otherwise, they're like kept out. But that's not like any building, like just no. a home or something. They can just go in that you can't. Nothing's gonna stop them. Uh, they have a really cool. I don't know what you want to call it. Maybe a shadow walking ability where um, mm. the vampire will sort of turn into a shadow and then just teleport and just be like wherever. I don't know the range on it, but it seems really far, like between <laughs> villages. Like you yeah, go from his castle, yeah. turn to a shadow, and then just appear like two villages or a country away. And yeah. just there. So that's really neat. I think they can kind of ensorcel um, people with their, with their mind. That's uh, what it looked like a little bit, but they a few of the things don't go between films. They'll use a power, and then you just kind of won't see it again. It's like a one-off mm. for, for the script or something. Uh, yeah. They can see... Essentially, I think that they're supposed to have, like, a heat vision, but mm. I think the budget maybe didn't allow them to rent, like, a FLIR camera. <laughs> so uh, yeah. they just put a red um, filter on the lens um, at night, and you can see slightly better than <laughs> normal. I don't know. It wasn't even as good as night vision, but I think the intent no. was that they can see anything like people uh, walking okay. around or whatever their prey is at night. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's like at will it, it turns on and off. So you see Michelle like learning to do that. And, um, mm. her, you know, she's like just peering into the darkness and then she can turn on that vision and kind of see what, you know, she wanted to look for. They can hear exceptionally far like they uh there's a moment where they're in a in the castle and radu is well i think one thing that the film i want to back up and handle really well is as a villain um he's probably like the most fleshed out one i've seen in a long time because they do spend a lot of time with him monologuing and dialoguing and talking to michelle so yeah that's nice and even though he's like a horrendous monster you you get a really good handle on his personality and like what's driving him and what he wants, uh, and just the actor um, Anders Hove uh, just does a really good job. Who's also in I think I want to say General Hospital or he does a lot of soap operas um, as okay. a villain. <laughs> so he was like typecast, yeah. um, but yeah. he, he he's done those and he's still I think a current character that keeps popping back up. Um, much like Radu. I <laughs> think he gets killed and then just shows back up again a few years later. Um, so he's talking to Michelle on this balcony, and then he just makes this, like... Well, his face is already not that great looking, but he makes a bad, like, a, like an upset face. Yeah. Even though he's, he's talking... She's, she's like, what are, you, what are you doing? And he's just making this, like, pained, not happy face. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's actually kind of funny. And he's like, stretch out your senses... Don't you hear that? And so he um, he explains to her how to broaden you know her listening and mm. hearing and stuff. And uh, yeah, he's like the village, <laughs> like way, he's like pointing down to the village, which is like really far away from the castle. He's like <laughs> they're having a festivity, and the violin player is terrible. Like, <laughs> as a character, he doesn't do he doesn't do comedic things. Like he doesn't say stuff. Like no. that. So this is like no. not. It's not, like, out of character, but it's just so nonchalantly, what? He just mm. upset at this violin player that plays terrible music. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, basically, he uses that as an excuse to, to get um, Michelle to use her shadow warping oh. skills and her super hearing to go kill the violin player because he's bugging him. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, uh, you know, you wow. can kind of see how he, this guy, he's, like, really petty. 
as far as that yeah. sort of thing is concerned. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, it was it was a good it was a good scene. Uh, it's worth it. It's worth it for that alone. Um, another mm. uh, cool ability and what names the series subspecies, which is really weird because it doesn't have like a whole lot to do with the film series. Um, yeah, Radu or I guess the vampires, but specifically Radu can create little familiars. Little demons um, out of his body, mm. or it's out of his blood, I guess technically. Oh. But the, he rips okay. off he rips off his own fingers in the first film, and throws them on the ground, and they like wiggle around like worms, and then turn into like these little um, humanoid demons to go Ooh. do his stuff for him. Um, and then and later uh, he'll do the same thing with his blood, like he's injured and just dripping blood, and it, the the pools of blood form into those little. Um, they're not even they're autonomous, like they can kind of just yeah. do what they want, also. Uh, okay. So that's those are the subspecies. They're literally just subformed yeah. of the vampire. Yeah. It's uh, it's really cool, um, and those are done with uh, stop motion and little puppets. So it looks nice. looks fun. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. No, it's great. Uh, what what else does he do? Uh, so yeah, they they can be ostensibly they can be killed with silver bullets um mm. get killed by sunlight you're supposed to just cut off their head but that doesn't stop radu <laughs> yeah these little homunculus guys come out and like just attach his head back to the body and it comes back to life <laughs> so i think if his head had been severed for maybe a, a longer period of time it may have killed him but i think you have to burn it also okay because he does yeah. he does behead his father and toss him into the fire uh so i think maybe you have to cut the head off and burn the body yeah. Um, otherwise, it's not enough. And of course, Roddy gets all of this stuff done to him, and he just keeps coming back. <laughs> it's great. Mm. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, they have to sleep. They have to sleep in a coffin, which is kind of silly. Mm. Uh, but you know, it's definitely in keeping with like the gothic set design um, and atmosphere of the film. Yeah. So it's it's fine within the the film, but it ends up just being a little tiresome, um, even even within the confines of of, the own, of its own setting. And yeah, that's the brunt of the series is um, Michelle finding a way to rid herself of this vampiric master that she loathes. Mm -hmm. Um, And along the way, try to like avoid as much collateral damage as she can. But (laughs) her sister gets killed. (laughs) This other professor gets killed. A cop gets killed. FBI or CIA (laughs) guy. It's like everyone that gets involved just doesn't make Mm. it. Um, Oh, we're treated to... uh, the another great, if not mildly irritating character in the form of uh, the witch that created yeah. the vampires in the first place, and uh, and a great like effects like makeup job um, because it's, it's an old mm. well potentially it's an old woman um, the character's an old woman uh, degraded like into a, a gross corpse skeleton with like flesh clinging on. Um, mm. And these, like, really nasty-looking eyes. Just, I don't know, it's, like, <laughs> it's disgusting. But she just cackles a lot and does random, like, magic. So yeah. that's also a part of it is uh, the sorcery aspect. And um, even uh, Radu has the ability to use um, some of these, like, spells. So that's, like, added mm. to his vampiric arsenal. Um, and that's also what we find... The shadow warping or whatever has, I think, a, a limit, a range to it. Um, but he has a teleportation, like literally teleportation spell, and 
that mm-hmm. sends him from like Bucharest um, back to um, Romania. So I don't know the miles involved, but it's a considerable yeah. distance um, that you would normally need a train, and he just like warps there um, <laughs> with a, a spell. Mm. Um, but it's like every, all the spell, all their stuff is like blood magic, so daggers and um, um, I guess they're not really a dagger. I forgot what they uh, s s an anthem and an anthem. I don't know. There's a little dagger that witches use. Uh, the yeah. It's an A and something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I can't... Anath- anathemy or something is a weird name. Anathem. Yeah. yeah. Something like... Anyway, it's that thing. Yeah. Um, mm. They're using that, uh, or the witch uses that. Or, and then she has some other, like, uh, a rondelle um, dagger mm. that um, is supposed to be some sort of powerful... I don't know if it was a holy weapon or something, but Radu was, like, afraid of it and... Uh, Michelle gets her hands on it and of course stabs him in the face like a couple times he gets hit yeah. in the face a lot and yeah. <laughs> like it's not it's not like a little bit of things jabbed into his skull and let leave holes and he gets shot in the mm. face they do a lot to his his poor face <laughs> he just gets messed up that's why he's so ugly he just gets hit in the head um, yeah I quite guess. a bit of times oh and I think that's my my favorite scene that happens in the film is uh they're um Radu He's like, he's like, I'll give you this gift that I normally like don't bestow upon like my fledglings. Is like you can drink some of my blood because what happens is the the more the more of his blood that she has in her, um, the more that she's supposed to be under his um, thrall. Mm-hmm. And so she he bears his neck, but <laughs> um, apparently the the makeup crew didn't cover like all of his ears, so he has like one uh, human yeah. ear. <laughs> <laughs> because he moved his hair back, <laughs> so you can see oh, his no. like you can see the makeup line on like yeah. the lobe of his ear, and then the rest of it's just pink. It was it was uh, funny. It's like guys, don't do a close up right there. If you realize that the makeup wasn't on, it's literally yeah. like a close up of his ear. So that, that, that part was good. <laughs> but yeah, that's um that's subspecies. Um, yeah, uh, I'll probably get more into it when I we eventually uh, I'll, I'll watch the the end of the series and. Yeah, yeah. Find out how that turned these. out. They sound really good. <laughs> yeah, they're they're really good. It's just like a fun little creature feature. Um, yeah, yeah, awesome. Anything else to add? That's it. No, I think that that's it for um, subspecies. So they're definitely cool. they hew a little bit closer to um, traditional vampire tropes, but um, mingled yeah. with the sorcery was a really cool angle to uh, yeah, ma- yeah. make them you know more more fearsome. Um, definitely. Um, well, in that case, uh, I watched Underworld um, and Underworld Evolution. I'm sure you've watched at least some of the Underworld films in your time uh, as well. Yeah, I saw the first two. <laughs> I think that yeah. was probably it, and then I realized I didn't <laughs> want to watch, you know, yeah. seven Underworld films. Yeah, like, the, the world is interesting um, and stuff, but I'm not sure there need to be as many films as there are. <laughs> yeah, it felt too much like, you know, The Matrix. Everyone's in, like, the weird leather... Yeah, body suits. Yeah. And I was just—I was think I was done with that. Um, yeah, in the, the early two thousands. Yeah, no, my my favorite stuff uh, in the underworld movies is uh, de- getting a little ahead of myself, but is definitely the the past stuff where it's all vampires in like full armor with crossbows and things like that. That's cool. yeah. So, underworld is a film about vampires and lichens. Uh, their term for werewolves, although we won't really be covering the lichens so much on this episode. Uh, they will come up because the two species are very closely related. 
So, this this is, we're just going to jump straight into what the vampires are in Underworld, I guess. I believe a Mr. Jeremy Greer had a question, though. Yes, um, so he, he sent in to us this question. How long have the vampires and werewolves been at war for? So, <laughs> in this universe, there <laughs> appeared to be some sort of war between the vampires yeah. and the lichens since since that time that uh, time as the wiki helpfully tells us um yeah no uh so in the underworld universe the main theme is vampires versus lichens you know vampires and werewolves ooh big big fight very scary um <laughs> I'm, I'm so descriptive at night uh uh, but um, basically, ever since the two species came into existence, they've been in conflict in this setting. Um, and the species came into existence uh, sometime in the middle of the 5th century, uh, so in the middle of the 400s, uh, which means this, this war has been raging on for the better part of one and a half thousand years uh, in the Underworld universe, which is a long time <laughs> to fight a war. Um but yeah, uh, before we get into why they're fighting, we should get into where they come from. So there was a Hungarian warlord called Alexander Corvinus in the mid-5th century, um, and his village was wiped out by a an unusual plague, uh, and he was the only person to survive because his genes interacted in a different way to everyone else and sort of internalized this virus, this disease, and made it part of his body, um, and he became the first immortal, which is the term for non-humans in the Underworld universe. You know, he got stronger, he got faster, um, he could heal when he was hurt, uh, and he lived, uh, for as long as he could, apparently. Uh, he was a fairly old man at the time this change happened, but, uh, we see him in the films, he's alive and kicking well into the 2000s. <laughs> I mean, he's not alive and kicking after the second movie, but he made it there, and that's what that—that's what counts, I guess. Um, but, yeah, so um, he was the first of these immortals, and after he was infected with this virus, he actually went on to have children. He apparently had three sons. Uh, one was bitten by a wolf, one was bitten by a bat, and one was doomed to walk the lonely mortal life of a human. Um, the actual events of this, we're not sure if it's literally just one got bitten by a wolf, turned into a werewolf, one got bitten by a bat, turned into a werewolf, one didn't get bitten by a fish or something, uh, <laughs> and just went on to live his life as a human. I mean, of all, the, of all the things to get bitten by, it was very fortuitous it was a werewolf and a bat, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it oh, could have been man. one was bitten by a flea. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> I was just thinking an Australian version would be great. Just a bunch of snake vampires. <laughs> no, we we already covered uh, marsupials. <laughs> yeah, werewolves. true. True, we did. <laughs> one was bitten by a kangaroo. <laughs> one was smacked by a wombat. <laughs> Turn oh, into a wombat butt. Uh, look, wombats, wombats are serious business. <laughs> um, but I digress. Um, yeah, so the idea is one of one of his sons became the original werewolf, one became the original vampire, one went on and just lived a normal human life, had a lot of descendants, they keep showing up everywhere. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, oh god, I lost my train of thought momentarily. Do excuse me. And we're back. 
Um, so, vampires themselves, uh, their notable features are they don't like the sun. <laughs> it is very bad for them. Um, they are faster and stronger than normal people, and they primarily live on blood. Uh, they also live for, it seems indefinitely, you know, that there are vampires that have been alive since uh, the 5th century, still walking around, doing all their things. So they certainly live for a very long time. Um, a few of them are able to sort of walk around on their hands and feet on the ceilings and things like that, some weird stuff like that. Um, and all of them have a thing where their eyes change colour uh, when they get agitated or excited. Um, it's, there's no real in-universe explanation for this, but a lot of people speculate it's them sort of switching on. Like, you know, lichens have to go through a whole transformation sequence. The vampires just kind of need to focus. You know, their fangs get a little longer, their skin gets a tiny bit paler, and then their eyes go either gold or very, very pale blue. Those baby blue eyes. <laughs> when they when they get to uh, doing all their murdering, they're, they're, um, they're, they're interesting people. Um, they can pass it on through bites. Uh, although normally, if you're bitten by a vampire in the underworld movie, in the underworld movies, you are going to die within a few hours because the virus is a lethal plague. Um, but if your body happens to be compatible, you'll be turned into sort of a slightly lower cast vampire you'll be much less powerful than the older ones of course um, they can also reproduce normally with each other to produce pure strange vampires uh, that tend to be uh, they're, they're, there's a lot of eugenics with the vampire lineages you know they want the pure vampires they don't want all these humans turned vampire etc etc um, but vampires also only get stronger with age so the older a vampire is the the more physically strong and fast they are, um, which is interesting. It's quite the opposite to humans, of course, but, you know, it's to the point where Victor, who's been alive for the better part of one and a half thousand years, uh, is able to fight werewolves with his bare hands, things like that, um, which really lends a lot of credence to the whole respecting your elders thing that seems to be a main part of their society. <laughs> I'd be much more afraid of my grandpa if you could really whoop my ass um, <laughs> uh, oh, I'm just, oop, brain just blanked again um, uh, but they've, they've got this they've, they've got the typical vampire high society la -da, um, very fancy thing going on uh, so they're very traditional in that way but from their actual physiological standpoint they're quite a bit different from your sort of more mystical spell casting, uh, shadow teleporting, superheroing vampires. <laughs> um, they, they've got the, as I said, they've got the typical weakness to sunlight, but they also have a very specific weakness that doesn't come up too much. Uh, they are very susceptible to poison from nightshade berries. Um, regular vampires will die almost immediately, and even older and more powerful vampires are sort of crippled and paralyzed from this particular poison, which is interesting. Like, they obviously don't have the traditional crucifixes and garlic and holy water, oh my, um, weaknesses, because they're not a mythical being. They're, like, just a product of random mutation, basically, but they somehow got the short end of the stick on natural poisons, I guess. Um, 
film does the first film I should say does have a cool idea with um ultraviolet ammo which I'm pretty sure is just a glass bullet with a little LED in it <laughs> from the looks of the actual prop <laughs> <laughs> um but it is it is nasty you see a vampire get shot with one and it sort of glows blue from all the bullet wounds and then just turns into ash <laughs> on the floor um I don't know what, what do you think about all these underworld vampires Dave I know you actually know a bit about them so we can comment and discuss how we feel about them compared to more traditional ones uh, I don't know <laughs> I think it ties hand in hand with like the uh, aesthetics that they use um, in, mm. this, in these films uh I think the, I was watching this. I want to say Blade Two probably was out around the same time. Yeah. Um, and I thought that the uh, the vampires in that were uh, so much more distinctive. Um, mm. the, you know, these are they're rather plain. I yeah. I think that that's definitely. probably if it, it fits in with the lore and what they're trying to do with that and how they're basically an enhanced. Uh, human evolutionary form of something. I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of what that seems like. You know, they're they're they're, they're a mutation, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, that part's interesting. Um, mm. I I think that there's only so much they can do with that. And that's why they um, this film series banks so hard on the vampires versus werewolf angle yeah um, definitely because there's not a whole lot to do story-wise with these you know vampires there's not like a clear you know villain after wreck wreck other people it's literally just mm. uh race war <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, pretty much. race wars and it's like okay um everyone can just kind of jump around and and do matrix things with guns yeah and, yeah um, they, they <laughs> lean really hard on that angle um especially yeah. when our, our main characters basically a, a vampire assassin trained only mm. to like hunt werewolves i mean yeah I, that's that's cool i guess <laughs> but yeah to do uh, you know <laughs> five, five a, a movies, six a sixth movie one. um being yeah. filmed i don't know um oh god really it's Is too it, many still doing more yeah <laughs> oh god i thought they finished <laughs> with the last one okay nope. but wait, um, wait. i mean that aside the were I don't know the the the, werewolves, the, the vampires themselves they're I mean, they're kind of cool. I like the actors that portray them mm, um, yeah there's a there's a, a couple interesting um, acting mm. choices done here um, but that aside yeah they're just okay I don't know I I yeah. think I preferred um, uh, Radu's version of vampire I mean it's just more it's it's not yeah. even classic it's like a it's like a, a hodgepodge of a couple different yeah. tropes, um, but the fact that they're using um, magic um, and they're, oh, yeah. uh, you know, it has it has set rules where stuff's supposed to kill you, but because of um, a, you know a specific plot device in the idea of the bloodstone, so that mm. that font of saint blood, you know, just utterly empowering. Um, our villain, uh, maybe it's just like recurring villains. <laughs> like it's the same dude just keeps popping yeah, up. Yeah. Um, it, it, it gives you that feeling of um, uh, uh, Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers, yeah. or you know, just to oh, kind of, that's what you know. That's what they went with. Um, 
and yeah. I, the films are stronger for that um, in in some aspects. Um, but that they're able to kind of go through and show these really cool um, shadow like transformation powers, and I don't mm. know, it's, more, it's, it's scarier. Yeah, I guess maybe like, that's what I like. It's much spookier. Um, yeah. Then yeah. the underworld stuff just looks cool, but like a specific mm. sort of cool that uh, yeah, I don't think lasts as long as it, it apparently has <laughs> gone on. No, definitely not. <laughs> I can agree with you. The like I favorite part of underworld is probably the sort of the medieval um, setting version of it, because. Um, Honestly, all the the um the vampire arms and armaments from the time they look a ton like the um the old dark elf stuff from Games Workshop, which I absolutely adore from a design point of view. Just this bunch of evil supernatural beings marching around like we're an organized army. Look, we've got our pointy helmets, we've got our big scary crossbows, <laughs> things like that. Um, but the the sort of the more modern one that is the majority of the films, um, except for. Rise of the Lycans, which is the entirely the medieval aesthetic. Um, yeah, it's kind of just that generic interview with a vampire style mixed with the Matrix kind of general action and some more clothing choices from the Matrix, really. Yeah. It's a bit... <laughs> it's, it falls a bit flat stylistically um, after you've watched the films a couple of times. Yeah, I, um, dro- I dropped a, and, um, yeah, an image yeah. of... Uh, the of Radu and his mother in the, in the chat. Let's have a look. Loading, it's loading. It's it's taking its time. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, I really like that. Yeah, he's got like cheekbones on his actual cheeks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> extra some extra cheekies. Um. Oh, that that's yeah. one of his other like defining traits from the films is he just he's drooling like all the time. Just, oh, he's, yeah. Just blood's just dripping out of his mouth like every yeah. time he talks. I mean, um, makes sense. He loves the blood. Oversized fans. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it is. Uh, he just maybe <laughs> couldn't put his mouth all the way to close, and so he just kept drooling. Yeah. Like that's cool. Just make sure you always have blood in there. <laughs> and it's just every time he yeah. talks, there's just strings of blood dripping out. Um, so it's it's pretty Alternative. iconic. Alternatively, he's just got these two permanent open wounds on his lower lip from his fangs, and that's why he's bleeding <laughs> yeah. out the mouth all the time. Yeah, that 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 is just immediately such a more interesting aesthetic from like this is what our standard vampire will look like. You know, we're going to look at them a lot, and they don't look just like a beautiful model person. They're a vampire. They're a monster. They've got different facial features, weird skin, uh, these deep set red flushed eye sockets and stuff like that. That's very cool. Oh, there's one other that um, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss in there um, because it's his other. I, I don't know why I skipped it because it's like the <laughs> most Radu thing ever. Um, let me uh, yeah grab this other one. Because he's got those Nosferatu hands. Oh really? Does he have the big yaoi hands that most vampires yeah, get? Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> it's great. And he's constantly, How like, many... they're, they're making him, like, have to pick up stuff, so it looks always really weird, because he's trying to grab it with his, like, regular fingers, yeah, but make yeah, it look not stupid. Of his huge fingers. Yeah, because oh sometimes the tips will bend funny, <laughs> because they're just wow. rubber. Um, yeah. But, That's amazing. But, I I, but it's like... Oh, my God. 
and he could just slap you across the room. <laughs> oh yeah, he could. That that is a hand. Oh my god. It's um, great. It's for, you gotta you gotta watch the movies. <laughs> yeah, everyone, look for the links to these images in the show notes because you need to see this. Yeah, um, they're basically double length <laughs> fingers. Like if you just put more yeah. fingers on top of your fingers. I know. It just looks like they added extra joints till they were happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's that's immediately so much more monstrous and striking. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's not played for laughs at all. It's, like, very serious no. in the film, so you don't ever, like, question it. It's just if you're, the few times yeah. where he tries to pick up something and, it, like, one pink or, like, a finger will bend not quite the right uh, way because it's being bumped. Uh, um, yeah. You could tell that he took pains to, like, not touch anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and there's a cool sword fight scene, which was hilarious, because he's trying to yeah. wield a, you know, a, a, a giant, like, long, or a, not giant, but, like, a long sword, um, yeah, and not have his, his finger, hand. yeah, with his weird hand, it's great. <laughs> oh, man, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of, like, trying probably not to catch yourself on fire, because his hair's long, I don't yeah. know, there's a lot of things, or, yeah. or put his hands too close to something where they might melt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good. No, I bet. I'm going to have to watch these soon, so... Ah, man, yeah, no. I'll be honest, Underworld sold me more on the werewolves than the vampires, but that's obvious, that's kind of my thing, (laughs) as it is. Um, I I, I will have to say, we're not actually covering werewolves this episode, but my single favourite thing the Underworld movies did was, for one and a half thousand years, this werewolf has just been sitting in a straitjacket, in a room in an old castle, waiting for someone to unlock the door. But wouldn't the straight jacket have fallen apart? <laughs> like, well, really, no, it's, really it's, quickly? It's like a metal coffin straight jacket thing. Oh, okay, okay. You know, it, it, it's the original werewolf who couldn't change back into human form. They're like, we've had enough of this, we're just going to lock him in a box and hope no one comes to excavate this immensely important historical site. Um, <laughs> and how did he not die like, of hunger? Like, he's just I, a werewolf, not a... He, He's just in there alive when they unlock the door uh, one and a half thousand years later. I don't know. I don't write the rules, man. <laughs> it's not consistent with the lore. <laughs> it's really not. He got sick and turned into a big hairy wolf boy, and that apparently means he doesn't need to eat or drink or anything. Yeah, he's not a vampire that can, like, subsist on no. blood, the blood of insects or something weird. No. Like, I'm just that, gonna that eat, is... eat some flies for a thousand years. <laughs> That that is a that is a cool thing and I did forget to mention because my thoughts are all over the place tonight. Um, that I forgot to mention that they do do with their older vampires. Um, their three elder vampires. Mm-hmm. You have Marcus, the original vampire, and Victor and Amelia, who were the first two vampires he made. So they're the three oldest and strongest vampires. Um, they got bored of playing politics with each other and also having to ca- keep up with everything. So they just skip two out of every three hundred years. Um, they essentially rotate out so that only one of them is ever awake and the other two are sleeping. Uh, <laughs> they've got this really intricate system in a manor house where, you know, they've got all their upside down, their three upside down coffins that are released and you've got to slowly feed them blood with a whole bunch of IVs to get them to wake up and back to full strength when it's their turn to awaken. Um, and it's it's a big, like, socio-political thing for them, like, you know... Elder Amelia is coming back today so she can wake Marcus up and go back to sleep. Um, what was it Victor described it as leapfrogging through time or something, which, how does he know what leapfrogging is? He's been asleep for a hundred years, but... <laughs> I, don't <laughs> what do I don't know. You know? Uh, 
it's just I thought it was an interesting concept from you've lived for one and a half thousand years of course you're going to get bored with trying to keep up with everything and just want to be around when you have to do important stuff um but which, like, which someone, was something some, that someone has to get you up to speed on like yeah. the time you missed so yeah well um they do have a way to do that as another thing I forgot to mention um if you're a vampire and you drink someone's blood uh you get their memories to sort through um which is a whole thing with the awakening that they do you know the the elder who's going back to sleep will say will feed the elder who's waking up and go this is everything you've missed for a hundred years I'm going to bed now <laughs> effectively uh, very convenient <laughs> very convenient I mean they use it throughout the film it's like vampires don't need to torture people to interrogate them they just need to hold them still long enough to get a taste and then they they'll usually get the information they need which is interesting but then they also had an interrogation room in a safe house so who knows it's a bit it's all a bit all over the place um you know it's kind of adds to their suite of weird things they can do <laughs> and then not bring up again later when it's and then not, bring up <laughs> not important much. no <laughs> Uh, it, it's all it's it is it is a little all over the place. I enjoy it because I don't think about it too deeply normally. Now I have to talk about it on a podcast. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, it's not that great. Uh, <laughs> 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 they're like they're they're be schlocky movies for at least my tastes. I'm sure people are like, no, they're the best. They're masterpieces. Uh, I hope I don't disappoint John. <laughs> <laughs> He's hyped. He did um, seem hyped. All this underworld talk. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like they're interesting, but like you said, they're lacking. Like aesthetically, um, they're all a little hodgepodge. Uh, it's a bit all over the place. Ooh. Underworld and subspecies, yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, I. Def- I definitely got to watch this subspecies. Movies. It's great. It's. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> some of the movies you're like, well, they could have covered that in like a previous movie, but um, it's just the nature of the beast. And and yeah. when you start, <laughs> when you have an idea of something, it's like they wrote. I feel mm. like they wrote a like a general script that was the whole thing, and then just kind of chopped it up. Um, yeah. But maybe budget yeah. wise, um, it had to be put into like several movies. It's good that they did a spinoff. Um, I, I've, mm. I've seen it before. Uh, I guess I should do a, a brief. Um, I watched some species one and two. They used to play them on TV, like on cable, mm. um, years and years and years ago. Um, I had seen them then, but I'd never had the luxury to like watch. I guess not. I don't know why I said luxury, but I never rented the other <laughs> ones to watch them. They just skipped my mind. Yeah. And then now that I've watched this, I'm like, oh, this is going to have to go into my annual, like, watch a whole thing. Um, <laughs> because it's great. And it's it's super campy, mm. but uh, uh, at the same time, it's just, I don't know, it's just a really fun um, depiction of, of vampires. And uh, it, it has that going for it. And it's probably the, one of my favorite villains ever. <laughs> it's yeah. Just this yeah. guy's just. <laughs> chewing scenery like every time he shows yeah. up is just yeah. waiting for him to pop up again and, and say something ridiculous mm. um and yeah. i don't know the things he does like between the films they don't always make sense mm. like yeah eh, with the powers he has he could have easily done other things 
Yeah, uh, I think yeah. maybe he just forgets. <laughs> he forgets what he can do. I don't well, know. It's really weird. Maybe. Or, or maybe, the screenwriter um, forgot what he can do. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I know, it, it's reminding me of... Um, it's one of the Discworld books it deals with vampires. I think it's Carpe Diem. Um, sees the day, but it's all about vampires. Yeah. But um, it's about this new breed of vampires who are coming in and doing everything super smart, as opposed to your traditional vampire who would conveniently, quotation marks... Um, leave a giant window in his main room, which could the curtain could be flung aside to flood the room with sunlight, and would conveniently have furniture where if you snapped off a chair leg, it would be sharp on one end, just like a steak, and things like that. Because he enjoyed um, all these times he was hunted by and hunted for humans. You know, he built a relationship with his local community. This old school vampire. Um, yeah, you know. There's a crowd scene where it's like, I remember you, Johnny, I think it was your grandfather, staked me right through the heart. What a strong man. If you've got his arms, etc. <laughs> yeah. No, this, this it's the same thing. Like, the stuff he does is because he's bored. Mm. And that's yeah. what, it, that's what yeah. it comes off as. Um, instead of, like, forgetful, I think he just wants... Um, in the mm. same way that his um, fledgling Michelle uh, wants someone to kill her, but then, like, doesn't really... <laughs> allow for yeah. that to happen um it's it's the mm. same sort of setup he's he's it, i don't know he he kills and gets rid of people that like didn't really make sense and then some of the people that he probably yeah. should have killed he just kind of like lets them <laughs> let them go and <laughs> it's just on his own whim i think that that's part of it is he's just so powerful he doesn't really care um yeah and yeah. as we see uh, throughout the films, you can't kill him. I mean, he he probably just doesn't care anymore because, well, I you know had my head chopped off. I've had steak through my heart. I just keep getting back up. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I'll just do what I want and have fun. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, that's the kind of attitude you need if you're going to survive centuries and upon centuries of undeath. You know, you gotta you gotta just take life for what it is. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think that's probably <laughs> the, as far as that these, goes. <laughs> these uh, vampires for us. Um, mm. well, what is nice is these both do or originate in Romania. Um, yeah, and I- even in the uh, the subspecies films, um, it's not vampires; it's the Strigoi. So mm. uh, we yeah. covered that a little bit um, previously, but. Um, I'm surprised the traits that they ended up giving Radu um, were what they were. So we do see um, mm. even the police that don't really believe in vampires were definitely like digging up the body to make sure it was like yeah. in you know in the thing and, and um, uh, not a like an actual dead body versus you know uh, a strigoi mm. that would be in the dirt um, waiting uh, yeah. to. Yeah. to come up and feast on the villagers so we get a little bit of the hints of that and it's really nice that they they definitely gave a lot of uh, flair to the, uh, the the countryside with um yeah actual like old old ladies with those uh what's that called just the headdress the yeah old lady the head, head thing stuff. and then they're they they yeah. come in and they just yell at you in, in hungarian and they, it's just like don't don't mess with the mm. vampires or um they they had their own traditions where they were like if someone got bit mm. or killed by the vampire they cut off their head and then they burned them. Mm. Um, but 
yeah, there's some interesting. I'm not going to spoil it because there's a couple of fun things that I, I think just uh, are made better by you know, watching like the first viewing of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> well, uh, I think we're probably done. Yeah, I think that that probably wraps us up. We do have one um, uh, Ooh, yes. comment came in. Um, so this is from uh, at my Sinclair, uh, who has hmm. written into us uh, on several previous episodes. Uh, this yep. is another just a brief um, little aside, I guess. Uh, so she says, "Underworld is a guilty pleasure of mine. I know they are <laughs> far from perfect films, but they are the closest I am likely ever to get to World of Dar- to uh, a World of Darkness movie." Um, and they're fun to watch, although two is pretty bad. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. I think like you, she She's acknowledges that, um, the, the films are more of a, a popcorn film. So, you know, yeah. She's definitely right with them being as close as we're going to get to world of darkness films. Yeah. Which I think I brought up before that they made, um, uh, the, the TV series. Um, oh yeah, they did, didn't they? Now I, now I've forgotten what, what it's called. called? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Uh, it it has um Brian mm. Brian Singer is yeah. I think it's Brian Singer. Um who was um Shao Kahn in the Mortal Kombat film and some yeah. other stuff. Yeah. Uh, but he but he's one of the lead characters. Um mm. Wow, I, I can't even think of what the name of the T V series. It's a it's a soap opera from the late nineties and um it's it's basically yeah, the Mm. World of Darkness as a, a TV series. Yeah. Oh. I'll try to put it in the notes yeah. if I can track yeah, it out. I just yeah. totally forgot what it was called. Yeah, no, I'm blanking on it totally as well. Um, I remember you talking about it, I just don't remember it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, to be 1am on a Saturday night. Oh. <laughs> Let's see. Dave is, Dave is eagerly typing and searching for some information. Yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> trying to, because it's not, it's not Brian Singer, it's Brian something. Mm-hmm. I'll just look up Mortal Kombat now. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. <laughs> I know the other films. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brian Thompson, man, Brian Thompson, not Brian right? Singer, the director of uh, um, no. X Men. No. Um, <laughs> TV credits <laughs> actor, actor. Uh, nineteen ninety. Oh, funnily enough, he was the uh, a character in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the Judge, oh, yeah. and Luke. So mm. two different characters in um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Um, Kindred. Uh, Kindred the Embrace uh, from 1996 so I think it was just yeah, one, yeah. one season um, mm. but uh, that again is our, our, our wonderful uh, Romeo and Juliet-ing of uh, vampires versus werewolves um, mm. it's, Definitely. it's not like the greatest but it, uh, it, it's, it, it I guess it would scratch that itch you get that modern um, mm. modern day oh, at the time uh, vampires with the um, with their interesting uh cast system mm. uh, and you got werewolves who battle them in endless race wars apparently yeah <laughs> I mean look I'm on I'm on the lichen side in Underworld they had it rough 
It's basically, these beasts are uncontrollable, and as soon as the beasts learned how to control themselves, went, oh, cool, we have slaves now. <laughs> it's, a rough, it's a rough gig for the lichens. Hmm. And I just, like, I'm just looking at the, uh, the IMD page, and it's like, um, here's the people also like this. I was like, oh, Forever Night. I totally remember watching that TV series, <laughs> and then just forgot about it. <laughs> oh, dear. And a couple other ones, too. Oh, Ultraviolet, yeah. Mm. I guess they mm-hmm. made a series, but there was the movie. Um, oh, they did the Ultraviolet miniseries, which I don't think relates to the Ultraviolet film. No, uh, that was by no. the same director as um, Equilibrium, um, mm. with uh, uh, uh-oh, uh, Mila Jovovich. <laughs> yeah, yeah sure. that was good. Maybe we'll take a look at that. And there was another one, yeah. too, another vampire film that came out. Um, Around the same time, um, why Ethan Hawke was in it? Um, that's another one mm-hmm. where I think the vampirism was like a plague. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that one was pretty cool, interesting. Uh, well, we'll just Ethan Hawke it up and see what. <laughs> 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 thank, thank you, IMDb, because I yeah. can't. Rem- I've seen so yeah. many movies. I just. Can't mm. remember. Oh yeah, all the stuff after Daybreakers. Ah yeah. So listeners, now you know how we research our films. Yeah, well. just by memory. <laughs> we go our oh, fail, God, failing memories. <laughs> Look, it, it took me like thirty minutes to try and remember that Blade and Underworld were both vampire movies I could look at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a Daybreakers in Ultraviolet or something. We'll, you know, contra- yeah. Probably need to pick That'd another an older film. Mm. Um, we, we should probably we're missing like not watching Nosferatu. <laughs> we should yeah. probably watch that. Or Christopher Lee and Dracula. Yeah, or any of the Hammer yeah. films because there's the 500, the the like the House of Dracula and um, mm. all those uh, Peter Cushing films and just. There's a lot. There's a lot to look for for a vampire. So uh, we are, in yeah. fact, <laughs> returning to this again as we <laughs> do every month or so. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that that probably wraps us up. Um, otherwise, yeah. we're just going to be rambling yeah. on about stuff that we should be covering for another episode. <laughs> uh, and then we're—I guess—we're running a little bit shorter. But yeah, that's fine. That's fine. It's it's there's, another one of our man shows. Yeah, we're missing a. We're missing Matt, so he's not here to fill us in with a cool book and some no, other exactly. some real lore. Um, Don't worry, I have a feeling our next show is probably going to be quite long. Yeah, maybe we'll we'll defeat that mythical three hour mark. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah, it's out there. It is. I um, just believe. That's right. So uh, that being the the wrap up for the show, um, Cameron, mm-hmm. where can folks find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. Uh, that's night without a K. Um, yeah, come chat. Uh, yell at me for my bad opinions on Underworld, please. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dave? Um, I am on Twitter at sentient underscore plus. Uh, that's primarily where you can find me. And yeah, um, yeah swing by to chat. Um, or if you need a hand with uh, Monster Hunter, uh, yeah, we're always hit us around. Up. Um, yeah. <laughs> even though it's a convoluted mess to, to get into the multiplayer, uh, oh, it, yeah. it is it really achievable. Is. So, um, yeah. It's possible. You know, 
come stop by and hunt some uh, farm, I guess, some monsters with us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get, get that, um, those sweet drops. Yeah, and if uh, if you have things to yell about uh, regarding monsters hunting or monster hunting, um, send us a send us a message, and we might talk about it on an episode. Um, our podcast Twitter is at mon underscore demonster. Um, send us feedback. Uh, we generally post what things we're going to talk about at least a few days ahead of schedule, so you have time to sort of organize your thoughts on them. And we love getting feedback. Thank you, my thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> And yes, Jeremy, I guess. Send us stuff. Yes, and Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. That's uh, that's it for this week. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Yep. Bye-bye. Later. <laughs>